0: Welcome to the asylum.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love you, and if I ever get out of this, I, I, I'm so sorry for everything. Hit up, Jim. Dance for us. Dance for us. Come on. Welcome the Youngin's Podcast. <laughs> Previously, on the Youngin's Podcast... Oh, what's going on?
2: No, you to
0: get your head down there. there's, there's, a, there's a police car. Are really any up? Oh, my
2: God. Nice to see you. To
0: see you. Nice to see you. Nice to see you. Is he tired? Oh, lovely. Lady. I dreamt quite a lot about cows and bulls when I was a right. child. Was that was this is your first sexual experience. This is your first wet dream. Cows and bulls again, mother. Cows and bulls. I'm <laughs> here. That you abused all those years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Don't look now, but hang on. There's a bull behind you. Don't.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: just like a bull. <laughs> <laughs> you know. It's not a bull. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Young Podcast. Coming up this week. James Fagan joins us on the phone to talk about the supergroup Melrose Quartet who consists of James, Nancy Kerr who is uh, James's partner both musically and conjugally and Richard and Jess Arrowsmith. And we'll be hearing from James about the Melrose Quartet, also about how he met Nancy and his journey from medicine to music. Plus, he'll be talking about an unusual reoccurring dream that he used to have when he was younger. We've been talking about dreams quite a bit on the podcast. I'll also be telling you about an odd dream that I had recently. Also coming up, we were talking last week about penguin beating. This week, it's breast beating. I'll be attempting to communicate with a blind dignitary using a secret language And we have a special Young'uns announcement. All that and more coming up on this week's Young'uns podcast entitled Hey, Kids, Leave That Teacher Alone. as ever will be revealed over the course of the podcast and we're lucky to get this far to be honest. Uh, you may notice I don't know if you have but there may be some eagle eared people among you saying the acoustics sound a little bit different here. Uh, the reason for that, I'm recording this in a very sparse room. Uh, it's the usual room that we're recording. My bedroom in my flat in Gateshead. I'm moving to Manchester next week so everything's kind of been taken apart. I'm sort of moving uh, tomorrow so this is the last recording that will ever be done in this flat and then we're going I'm going to have a week off probably won't do a podcast next week, and then a couple of weeks' time, all being well, we should be uh, doing a podcast from Manchester. How well, exciting that will be! I wonder how Manchester acoustics differ to Gateshead ones. Something to really look forward to there. But uh, we're lucky to get this far in terms of the podcast because uh, this week I think the flat is trying to tell me something. I think this flat is trying to say, "Don't leave, David. Don't leave me," because um, strange things have been happening. It's am recording this on the Thursday, and on the Monday, the lock fell off the bathroom. Okay, maybe not sounds that weird, but it just sort of fell off. It seemed to be in fairly tight, and it just fell off. Uh, on Tuesday, I was sitting at the table, and then I heard this almighty crash, this massive crash, and I looked round, and the, a picture had fallen off the wall. It was right above the sofa. So if I'd have been sitting on the sofa, I would have been, I mean, I don't know, I mean, mildly concussed at the very least. And yesterday, just before the James Fagan interview, about a minute before we came on, what I do is I have to have relatively good acoustics because it's quite a reverberant room. I have a mattress at one side of the room. I have my bed propped up at the other side of the room and I have quilts all around that. And then above the mattress and the bed, I've got a kind of, I've created a roof with a camp bed and then I've got blankets hanging down and that's been fine no problems in that department for 2 years I've I've used that system and yesterday it all collapsed I was in the middle I was just about to ring James and it all collapsed but fortunately because I was reaching to get the phone I wasn't there, but if I was there, my goodness, that would have hit me on the head as well, and that would have collapsed from quite a big height. So, I'm not sure what's going on, the, the flat is conspiring against me. Anyway, this is a clip from the Filed Folk Festival last week. Before, very quickly, before we go, I have to say, um, I was told by someone, he says, make sure, David, you say hello to the mayor. I said, all right, Any particular reason, he says, because the mayor, like you, David, is blind. I said, all right, okay, so I don't know why necessarily that means that I've got to say hello to him, but uh, that's the weird thing with, with blindness because as soon as there's two, he can sense it, as soon as there's like two blind people within about 10 meters or 50, 100 meters away or whatever, he can sense the room, the temperature and the atmosphere in the room changes. if it's like, there's two blind people, do they know each other? Should we, should we point it out? Because obviously they can't see each other. Oh, my goodness. What? <laughs> But imagine if they meet, I mean, imagine if they meet some two meetings of mine to my goodness. So, uh, then, by the way, I will say uh, hello to them, you can say that later if you want. Um, <laughs> stay uh, stay off stage, Michael, it's normally better to be honest, and then I can tell you uh, how or something. I don't think he's has been there any longer, I think he's just resigned. All oh, uh, right. Well,
1: well, well was is, is, I was going to say is. Oh, bloody hell,
0: Michael, go on then. I was I
1: gonna,
0: just, uh, just going to say that um, Davey, at our Harleypool Folk Festival, one of the lures of coming to our Harleypool Folk Festival is Dave's going to do a blind person's workshop. Um, so, if you're interested <laughs> in consist of? Well, I don't know. What's it going to go? That was a good joke, Michael. Excellent. I'm going to stop for that. Bloody hell. Sorry, boot, you can't come on because Michael's going to do 15 minutes of jokes. Dear, dear. No, so I will say hello to the mayor. Oh, what I should do is do the blind, a special blind call and if he understands it he will know the answer which is... I don't
1: hear it, I don't hear it. I think he's got some residual vision. No, not going to Anyway. Right.
0: The blind mayor might not have been able to understand my blind language, but a language that is universal, it is said, is music. And that is what we're going to hear right now, my friend. That's right. That's a link for you. That's a link. Come on, BBC. I'm moving to Manchester. You know, you're in Salford, for goodness sake. We're not too far away from each other now. Let's talk. But not before I have talked to James Fagan, which I shall do in a matter of minutes. After we've heard... That's another link. Thank you very much. After we've heard Melrose Quartet, and this is a Nancy Kerr creation, Santa Georgia.
2: Well, I was not bound for Eden, and my back became a burden. So here I may be my garden where the banks of burdocks grow and there was no gold or silver where the foundry meets the river in the land of santa georgia where the banks of burdocks grow where old pains are broken and a thousand songs are spoken and new saints awaken where the banks of burdocks grow so farewell cold winter we will all shine out together in the land of Centre Georgia where the banks of bird dogs grow well, there is no power or plenty in the land of all briganti. But the rain falls down so gently where the banks of burdocks grow. And a kind love of sweetness is a lantern in the darkness. Is a grand and burning furnace where the banks of burdocks grow. Where all pains are broken and a thousand tongues are spoken. And new saints awaken where the banks of burdocks grow. So farewell, cold winter, we will all shine out together. In the land of Santa Georgia where the banks of burdocks grow. While well, the king, he sent his army from the land of old Briganti And the soldiers, they were weary where the banks of burdocks grow So, so they, stormed they stormed the temple quarter water, and, and the glass, glass fell down, down like water In, In the, land the land of Santa, Santa Georgia where, where the banks of burdocks grow Now old panes are broken and a thousand tongues are spoken and new saints awaken where the banks of burdocks grow. So farewell welcome winter. We will all shine out together in the land of Santa Georgia where the banks of burdocks grow. On the road to Old Briganda, where the factory meets the meadow There's a lantern in my window, where the banks of burdocks grow And a thousand trees are planted in the land of Old Briganti, In the land of Center Georgia, where the banks of burdocks grow Where all pains are broken and a thousand tongues are spoken and new saints awaken where the banks of burdocks grow. So farewell, cold winter We will all shine out together in the land of Santa Georgia, where the banks of burdocks grow, where all pains are broken and a thousand tongues are spoken. And new saints awaken where the banks of the dogs grow. Farewell, cold winter, we will all shine out together. In the land of Santa, Georgia, where the banks of the dogs grow.
0: My goodness, James, uh, you've certainly got something to be proud of. Uh, I don't know how many lives and uh, sort of wounds and that kind of thing you healed when you worked as a doctor, but now you've obviously transferred uh, from being a doctor to uh, music, and uh, it's a slightly tortured metaphor. You're now healing, Jim. Uh, <laughs> You're healing wounds and scars of the soul. Now, I think, uh, with your music, so it's not a complete departure uh, from being no, a
3: doctor. I like to think so, Dave. I like to
0: think so. Excellent. I hope you enjoyed that tortured metaphor there. Listeners can expect more tortured metaphors uh, over the course of the podcast. Uh, Excellent. Uh, I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't
3: be in folk music if I didn't love. a... Genuinely I tortured well. metaphor.
0: I suppose that's a good point. What What about um? When I did a I had to do voiceover before. I had to. It was like a medical thing that I had to do, and I had to say the word. I think it was contusions. Now, what? what what's a, Is it? Is that right? What's, what's a contusion?
3: A contusion is yeah. a very elaborate word for a bruise. Right.
2: Okay. Nothing
3: wow. more. Nothing less. The idea of medicine, Dave, is to baffle, baffle you into spending a lot of money using words like contusion when you could use the word bruise. Right. And it took me six years to learn those words, and and I'm glad you reminded me of just how many words I I know that could be used to baffle... The, uh, the
0: patient. Well, I think <laughs> that's
3: a good, very good Right.
0: Well, 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 I think we're doing something similar with the podcast. You know, we've got a whole young'uns enterprise going and people think, oh, that's nice that they give something for free, but essentially with the tortured metaphors and that kind of thing and there's a lot of subliminal messages within this that essentially are just to get people to buy things. So it's um, Excellent. well and truly capitalism alive and flourishing.
3: I'm delighted to assist you in any means possible,
0: sir. Excellent. Well, let's rip the public off together, my friend. Let's try and sell them your new... Uh, Album, or at least the Melrose Quartet album, 50 Verses. Uh, we've just heard uh, Santa Georgia, uh, which is one of uh, Nancy's creations. So yeah, she uh, wrote
3: that. She wrote that about living in inner-city Sheffield and how she actually really likes it, um, despite the fact that initially it perhaps was merely an economic move, but it became far more than that. And I think that that song, you know, really captures her emotional connection to this place even after just a few years. And and I think we we're in Sheffield for the long haul, you
0: know. Well, Sheffield is certainly a haven of folk music, isn't it? You've now got we've got uh, our good friend. Obviously, you've got Jess and uh, Richard Arrow Smith, who you're in the group Melrose Quartet with. And we You've are. got you know Gavin Davenport's, uh, John Borden's uh, there, and obviously Faye You've got you've got them all, and of course Andy Bell, uh, producer to to all the folk artists, great and good.
3: Andy is on rare form. The first time we heard Andy. Oh, no, is Andy Bell, Andy, by the I way, the producer, say. yeah. Andy Bell, yeah. The yeah. first time we worked with Andy Bell was when John Spires and John Bowden recorded their 10-year anniversary CD, and they asked us to come in and do a couple of tracks with them, and Andy Bell was the producer and the engineer, and we'd never met Andy before, and I said to Nancy, after five minutes of working with Andy Bell, I want to work with him again, and I, don't, I can't imagine working with anyone else right now. He is so sympathetic um, to what... We we are doing, and at hmm. the same time, he's he's got enough knowledge to tell you when to shut up and when to do what you need to do. He's 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 got it. And Hudson, his dog, I don't I don't well, know. Is if he produces as well. <laughs> like, those guys are like psychically connected. You know that fifty verses hmm. was recorded with Hudson sitting in the live room, and he never made a peep.
0: Wow. He kind he of just, just maybe he oversees things. It's like a directorial. Does he consult his dog at all? Do you see him kind of with wistful glances towards the dog? Yeah, that was a good take. Thank you. There's no Uh, doubt
3: in my mind that Andy has some kind of. Uh, supernatural connection with Hudson well, and that they definitely work together. What um, we're well, we
0: going to discover, unfortunately for Andy, that we found his Achilles heel is essentially the loss of his dog. If anything happens to that dog, he's going to lose all of his producing powers. Let's just hope that he doesn't do that in September because uh, we're going to record our album with with Andy as well. So, Well, uh,
3: as long as Hudson can hang on until after the Youngin's album, everything's alright.
0: All will be absolutely fine. Now we've talked about yep. Sheffield and we've talked about your move to Sheffield, where Richard and Jess are, who you're in the group with, and apparently the, the name Melrose Quartet derives from where the four of you actually live, uh, Melrose yeah. Road in Sheffield. I think this is amazing. I can't believe you put this on your website, actually saying the road where you live in Sheffield. You're just inviting stalkers, basically.
3: <laughs> not really, because we don't tell them which house. So, and there's plenty of houses on the street, and um, I'm not about to tell you what number we live at now. But, oh, I mean, you know, a stalker would actually analysis. have to do some pretty serious investigation. Um, to that find could be out any, a Youngin's podcast feature
0: if anyone wants is up for that challenge. Uh, we'll arm you with a dictaphone and you can, uh, you know, scale some drain pipes and that kind of thing and we'll see what we can achieve.
3: Uh, I just want to point out to any potential stalker that one of the reasons we chose our house is it has an excellent sniper position in the loft. So just be very careful. So
0: you got there before the, the the Olympics, you're thinking, I don't know what the, the fuss is all about, I've had a sniper in me are absolutely you've got to have these things when you're a high profile uh, folk musician.
3: That's right, uh, You'd be. Ama- I mean, you wouldn't be amazed, you know full well but a lot of people out there in podcast name would be amazed at the level of um, personal security and armament that is involved in just protecting folk singers from the public. We're
0: dispelling a lot of myths here, the things that people wouldn't uh, know you'd you live, I think, is that right, about three doors down from Jess and Richard
3: uh, normally I would reveal that, but uh, in view of what ah. we've just been talking about, I can't, give, I can't give the exact number of houses. But it's between three and four.
0: Right. <laughs> okay. that so. Had you already decided when you would moved that you were going to join forces and be a group, or did that was that just something that sort of just happened over time?
3: What we did. What we knew is that we got on like a house on fire. With Richard and Jess. Which could be quite dangerous
0: considering where you live. Uh, exactly. You know, one house could set the other house a place, for goodness sake. Well,
3: that's say. right. But we decided, we lived on a boat, a narrow boat, for eleven years. When, when our first son, Hamish, was born in 2010, we decided that we couldn't do the boat thing anymore. We had too much stuff to fit into a 65-foot by 7-foot metal tube floating on a sea of ice. And we decided that uh, it was time to live in a house. And we, Richard and Jess, were one of our safe houses in Sheffield. When we used to come past here, which we did a lot because we lived in Bath, we decided that um, we wanted to live in Sheffield. And Richard and Jess said, well, you know what? There's a really good house on offer in our street at an unspecified number somewhere between three and four houses down from us. And we said, you know what, that's excellent. And it's our first house, and I think we're going to be here for quite a while because we really like it. Now, as to the Melrose Quartet, we sort of soon discovered, living fairly close to Richard and Jeff, after a couple of nights sitting around the, the various dinner tables, eating various pies with various fillings and singing various songs, that there was various levels of chemistry Happening that that we would like to pursue. We did our first gig at the end of two thousand and ten at Topsham Folk Club, and it was it was a success. And in fact, John Shorter from Cheltenham Festival was sitting in the audience. He booked us on the spot for Cheltenham Festival two thousand and eleven, and our second gig was Cheltenham Festival, and we recorded that gig, and that became our first EP. You know, that was our second gig, so things were. Things were happening very, very quickly. Well, you're right. And you
0: obviously just have a very natural chemistry then in that case if this is a second gig and it forms the basis of an EP.
3: Exactly. I mean, that, that, that sort of proves the point, doesn't it? That, mm-hmm. that, that concert was our second performance, public performance. And it is now like an EP which we sell quite a lot of and people seem to like it. And it's um we love it. And it is a natural thing because you, as you know yourselves, you either click with other harmony singers or you don't. And you can work at it, you can rehearse it, but if you don't have a natural affinity with the people you're singing with and a natural blend, then it's hard work. And it just seemed to work with those two people and and with our voices. And there's something, it's very exciting.
0: What about the actual choice of songs then?
3: Uh, Well, the first album came together really quickly, actually, because um, I think we all wanted this project without even knowing it for quite a long time. We all had ideas that we hadn't necessarily had a vehicle to express yet. So when we decided to form the quartet, everyone sort of had stuff that had been kind of brewing for ages. A couple of Jess songs, which she'd written, but hadn't got her band to sing yet. Nancy uh, composes pretty quickly, so she wrote stuff with the quartet in mind. Um, Richard had a song that he sings regularly in the session but had never thought of, never had the, the exact band to record it with I had some tunes that I'd composed and a couple of songs Let's
0: hear one of those tunes now We return to James Fagan for part two of his interview very shortly Before that we're going to have various clips from gigs and we're going to be talking about dreams as well A James Fagan dream and my dream still to come This is Melrose Quartet I can't believe I didn't notice that before. There you are, you can hear it there. Andy Bell's dog, ladies and gentlemen, the producer. can't believe I didn't notice that before. Anyway, fact fans, here's a little fact for you. That was track nine from the Melrose Quartet album 50 Verses. It's entitled Polka's... Uh, a song for Margaret Fagan's 50th birthday. I have no idea who Margaret Fagan possibly could be. Um, I wonder if she's one of Nancy's relations. Oh, a bit of comedy, bit of comedy there. And um, and the other tune, well, we didn't hear all of those. We probably just heard the last tune in that set, which was called Cheese Fairy. I just played the last uh, couple of minutes, so that was the last tune in that's Cheese Fairy. Um, I'm not sure who the Cheese Fairy is. Is, but so you know, we should have asked. These are the questions we'll have to ask next time. Who is the Cheese Fairy? Or maybe that's a concept album for the future. I think we can expect a mystical fork album about the Cheese Fairy. And that's the next album from Melrose Quartet. To Whitby we go now. To Whitby Fork Week, and uh, we did a late night performance at about half one in the morning. We came on, and um, it was quite odd because you just had we were just performing to a lot of kind of comatose people who'd obviously been drinking all the time and these were the late night revelers but unfortunately in no real position to revel so it was quite an odd atmosphere it was a really big room that we were performing in and our voices were just booming around and echoing around and apparently half the audience right where the bar was couldn't understand a word we were saying so they just thought well goodness knows what they thought they thought they could see the audience at the front laughing but they had no idea why we were laughing see if you can work out why the audience were laughing see if you can find a fragment of comedy in the next couple of minutes of audio from Whitby Four Queek there was a, a workshop today
1: about being nervous on stage, Dave. Was uh, Yeah, yeah. It's oh, back. I should have gone to that. Building confidence in front of the microphone. I thought you might have went. Oh, no. Oh. Thought you might have went? My goodness. You need a grammar <laughs> workshop <laughs> for you.
0: Thank you. <laughs> oh, I'm like a northern Stephen Fry. Stephen Deep Fry, perhaps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Certainly, it, it, uh, that wasn't the sound of one man clapping that joke. It was two. There right. uh, no, two one-armed men sitting next to each so. <laughs> other. Oh, right. Well, there we go, and that's brilliant. It better, then? As opposed to the woman who couldn't, so
0: we were there's a woman uh, we were in a session. And there was a woman who couldn't clap, and so she decided to uh, do a very strange thing where she got hold of her left breast and just started going. It was a gesture It was. I mean, it was very good. It was. Excellent, we, we thought of like, it was such good percussion, we thought we'd have her in the group, to be honest. Uh, there's a workshop at next year's festival, yeah. like press-beating workshops. Uh, well,
1: we've already got one set in the group. Right? Uh, wow. oh. work, I thought we were easy easier, Michael, the day. Uh, on, right. Oh, apologies for that. We <laughs> 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 <Really> need <laughs> half one. It it's nearly bedtime, don't worry. Yeah. Uh, thank you. <laughs> have we got time for one more, dear? Excellent. Yeah. The bar appears to be closed. Uh, uh, sorry about that. Thanks ever so much for coming up to see us so late. Um, it's good to see people do stop up at Whitby because we got into trouble on Tuesday.
0: I don't know if anyone's in oh, the yeah. But on Tuesday night at about 10 o'clock, I don't know if anyone knows Graham Knight, but Graham Knights decided it was a brilliant idea to all leave the pub and do a sing around in the street. So we started doing a sing around, but it must have been where people, festival revellers, um, were very much daytime because We started singing and it was a very polite and English thing because this lady opened up her window and said, excuse me, you are brilliant. We enjoy very much what you do. But would you mind...
3: Would you mind, would
0: you mind buggering off and being brilliant somewhere else? <laughs> <laughs> it's the sound of Supertramp which beckons forth our regular podcast feature... Dream! Dreamer. You know you
2: dreamer!
0: I am a dreamer, my friends. Can you put your
2: hands in your head
0: oh, no. no, I can't do that. I'm a you did say dreamer. I said dreamer I'm too. A dreamer. It nothing but a dreamer. Can you know. you put your hands in your head oh, no. Again, no, I can't. We've already had that. Said, oh, posited. And I've already explained that I couldn't I do that. So. Life it is. You. you know.
2: I live you know. You, had it coming to you.
0: you know you had it coming to you, listeners. Again, I warned you at the start of the podcast we'd be doing this. Dreamer! Little dream. Stupid little dreamer, how dare you? I think the audience are probably putting their head in their hands, wondering how long this random bit is going to go on for. No longer, my friends, no longer. I said no longer... That's right. Oh no, no longer. Don't worry. Uh, we're gonna head to Otley now to hear about this rather odd dream that I had recently. I had the weirdest <laughs> the weirdest folk-related dream last night. I was on death row. <laughs> <laughs> and
2: they asked for one
0: and they said one final request. They said, what was your one And I said, I'd love to do one final gig. Because I've been on death row quite night. One final gig. <laughs> <laughs> So I got on stage and then this i this, waiting, and sorry. I thought, oh no, I really can't this is you know, this is gonna be it. Once I've finished I'm gonna I'm gonna be dead after this. And the audience were in on this as well and I said, look, if we if you all say on call and keep asking for on calls, then I can never die. <laughs> and, and so it was this weird thing where they kept saying on call but then the audience started thinking, oh, I wanna get home now. <laughs> Eventually I was executed. Uh, <laughs> More dream talk to come with James Fagan, who we rejoin now for part two of our interview. We've recently uh, gone professional, despite all of the, the naysayers, uh, who have already been very right, to be honest, but I'm interested about your progression from being a doctor into music so how did that happen was that because it doesn't seem like the most logical uh, career path was it, were, you, were you inspired to, uh, sort of inspired by other people other practitioners who do diversified i'm thinking you know dr hook for instance of course dr <laughs> dr Dre, you know was this was this the inspiration why, why, i mean i'd like to say he
3: was my main inspiration
0: but he was
2: on doctor Dre. Uh.
3: Yeah. What happened, Dave, was that music and medicine always happened together. I was always a musician through school and through university. Um, and at the end of university, I was—I'd been studying my bum off for so long. I just needed a break, and I, I already knew what I wanted to do. So, and that was to get my bazooki and my passport and come to England and and connect with some of the people I'd met through the Australian folk scene who'd been on tour over in Australia, people like Roy Bailey, oh, Martin boy, Carthy, yes. yeah. um, Norma Watterson and Eliza Carthy. These are the people I'd met and sung with in Australia and, and found... And just, I, I couldn't believe, and as an Australian, you know, who'd, who'd listened to their music since I was a child, that they had made the effort to fly all the way to Australia, that they had made the effort to engage and learn from and teach uh, singers on the other side of the world, and that they all were so generous as to say to me, when you, you know, when you come over, just look us up, drop in, say hello, and that's what happened. I, I went over to Robin Hood's Bay to meet up with Deliver and Norma and Martin, and I had a lovely time there. I met the late, great Lyle Waterson and Mike and uh, had a few songs over a Christmas dinner. And at about the same time, I met Nancy, who was living with Eliza at the time and was also in a duo with her, as you know. Mm-hmm. At that point, I had no intention whatsoever of giving up medicine. I'd only done my my degree Um mm-hmm. Nancy and I actually uh, fell in love. I mean, let, let's put it out there on the blog. We fell in love in the winter of 1995, and that's a, that's a while ago. That, I mean, there were yeah.
0: hedonistic times, though, weren't there? Winter of 1995. I mean, I was only 10, but I could feel something <laughs> in the air.
3: <laughs> but something was in the air. There was a lot of ice in the air. It was a, a very cold winter. Mm. The sea the sea off the coast of Whitby was actually frozen that year. Wow. That's how chilly the start to our relationship so That's it's a bit of was. a
0: come down from Australia, isn't it? My goodness, a wake up call there.
3: Well, but- you know, the grass is always greener and if you grow up surrounded by fresh fruit, very healthy, tall people and, and, and a, a beautiful beach, what you want is to come straight into a fishing village <laughs> in, the, in the freezing winter yeah. and just see how good that can be. And I'm not actually taking the piss. Hmm. I think that wherever you go, There's something to be relished about the place you go. I was actually only planning to come over for a short holiday. I had no idea it would change my life the way it did, and it turned my life upside down because uh, I just thought Nancy was incredible. I thought she was the bee's knees, and I thought that her singing was amazing. It was quite flattering that she seemed to tolerate my company. And we took it from there. We had a, a long-distance relationship in, the, in 96. And then in 97, while I was doing my internship, which is my first year of professional medicine as a doctor, I didn't make too many mistakes. And I got through it okay. I was pretty tired and I was pretty anxious. Uh, but I got through it. Um, but at the same time, Nancy and I had already started doing gigs. But that's at the point when I decided that I was going to come over in 97 and give it a go. And in 97, we came over. And we got signed by Fellside Records to make a, a, a duo album. And we got a lot of gigs that first year. And then I realized that I actually probably wanted to do that a fair bit more than I wanted to go back to the public hospitals and, and yeah. be a doctor. So I thought, okay, what I'll do is I'll do a bit of each. And between 97 and 99, 2000, I dabbled in medicine and I gave music my best shot. And medicine just got – it wasn't a sudden decision. I just gradually – Stop taking jobs. No, thank goodness it
0: wasn't a sudden decision. That could have been quite good. You know, this is bleeding woman or something like that. Sorry, I can't uh, (laughs) I can't do that. I've just made the decision, I'm gonna take up your bazooki I'm out of here. Put down the (laughs) step put down the (laughs) steps and go and pick up the bazooki (laughs) Well, it all sounds like it sounds like something from a dream, doesn't it? It sounds like you know, it's 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 all sort of worked out perfectly, I'm sure. Like in life, there are many things that, you know, happened along the way and that kind of thing, and when you just explain it like that, it does sound very perfect.
3: I've left out bits that I, you know, to protect various parties involved. I've mm. left out some of the source, some of the gossip. And I've left out some of the financial yeah, pressure yeah. that it's put upon me as a as a person. That's, um, that's for
0: the book, I think, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I-, I mentioned dreams, and I did that um, primarily to neatly segue between what I am and the next uh, before we play 50 verses, which I think is a, a probably a fitting song, given it's the title track of the album, but feel free to, uh, to, ch- to change that. Uh, we, t- we talk a lot about dreams on the podcast, because uh, w- obviously...
3: I don't know if you have this, but um, we have... Oh, is that a debut from... Uh... That, that, was, that was Hamish that was in Hamish. the background. He's, asking yeah. me to, he's actually asking me if I can open his younger brother's birthday present and put it on the DVD player for him. Oh, and, uh, what's the DVD? The DVD's called Harry and the Bucket Full of Dinosaurs.
0: <laughs> okay, This not is, is this going to inspire a new song or a concert album
3: or something? I don't uh, know, I uh, mean, could... what I think is, Hamish might have to live with the fact that he might have to wait till Harry, the actual recipient of the present, is out of the bath before he gets to enjoy his younger brother's birthday present.
0: Do you have um folk-related dreams? Because we have we have folk-related dreams, where like about gigs that go disastrously wrong or that kind of thing. So we've been, we've been talking about dreams quite a lot. Um, is there a specific folk-related dream, or even a non-folk-related dream, just a dream that stood out that you would like to share with us?
3: Yes, I do. Hmm. I would like to tell you how when I was a, a very studious student, which I was, I used to have this quite remarkable dream and it happened a lot and it happened all through school it happened all through medicine and then the day that I gave away medicine no now this is no no word of a lie and started making music my living I stopped having this particular dream the dream was that I was in the in a in a dark forest and there was this crazy competition going on between myself and a, and a number of other boys of a similar age, where we had to build in the dark this structure from the, from the material that we found around us. And it was a race, and it was very pressured. And I was scrabbling around in the dirt, finding sticks, trying to build this tower that, that I had to build to fulfill the criteria. And every time, there was a guy next to me who had gold ingots, which he'd managed to find in the woods and was just looking at me with this look on his face, like, there's my tower. And in this dream, and I always used to wake up in a kind of a, a panicked sweat, that there, there was nothing I could do about it, that, that I, there was nothing I could do to make my, my stick tower win this competition. And you know what? I have no idea what that dream means, but all, all I know... If it I've
2: disappeared, never...
0: if it disappeared, I think I think Amish is trying to interpret the dream. Um, I think what that could mean is it means you've been you feel as if you're in the wrong thing. You know, as soon as you started doing what you really wanted to do, that left you know that tower. You now have the best tower. You now have that golden opportunity. Maybe that's what it could mean.
3: Well, I I like to think that I still have my wooden tower, but that I don't see the golden tower anymore.
0: Right. Okay. F- f- we're getting very deep. Um, we can't. I like have-
3: my I like my wooden
0: tower. No, we we have got into some very interesting uh, territory. <laughs> I think I think there's an actual volume of the, where we're asking uh, fox singers about their dreams. I think there's we could probably in a few weeks, a month's time, sort of release a, a volume. Now that's what I call fox singers' dreams volume
3: one. <laughs>
0: That could work quite well. I think, should we play 50 Verses or do you think there's something um, more apt that you would like to play? I'm picking that one no, simply.
3: I, I think 50 Verses has a dreamlike quality and we could easily segue into that, Dave. You want to tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, that, that song started um, on the harmonium, which we got for free after I saw they had it on Facebook saying, anyone who wants a harmonium, come and get it in Sheffield and uh, I saw it just seconds before Richard Arrowsmith. Actually, I didn't. I saw it after him, but he turned around and asked Jess if they had room for it (laughs) in their house. And in the time that he did wasted asking Jess. I just said yes without even asking Nancy. Oh. And you know what happened? I then went round and asked him if I could borrow his Mondeo because it didn't fit in the back of my pass out just to rub it in. Oh. But anyway, he was
0: but quite But isn't, isn't there a story because then another, then so you told this story at a gig, I remember when we saw you recently, and you told this story at a gig and then someone else said, well, I've got a harmonium and, told, and, and basically gave Richard a, a much better
3: harmonium than the one that you've got. This is absolutely accurate. That is exactly what happened. And I'm glad that story's out there because I got that is karma with a capital K. We are getting,
0: we are so deep on this week's podcast. (laughs) Oh.
3: So we are healing the harmonium those, into the living room. We ring. are healing
0: those contusions of the soul, my friend. Those contusions
3: are disappearing before our <laughs> eyes. Now, <laughs> I, I got that harmonium home, and the first thing I played on it was this riff that just came out of nowhere and flowed out of my fingers while I was pumping the pedals like a maniac in a gymnasium, which you have to do with the harmonium. And this music came out, and Nancy said, can I use that riff to write a song for Steve Hunt's 50th birthday? And I said, Yes. And the rest is history.
0: Thank you very much for talking to us, James.
3: You're welcome, Dave. <laughs> and uh, I just want to say a big hello to a couple of people out there.
0: Do you want to do a shout out? Yeah, go I on there.
3: Yeah, yeah. Um, to my son, Hamish, in the lounge room. Yeah. Big up to yourself. my son, Harry, in the bath. Yeah. Respect. And to Nancy, the best muffin baker in Sheffield. Booyah. Yeah. And to the young'uns, uh, a very happening three-part harmony group. Ooh,
0: thank you, Brat Brat. From the
3: North East.
0: Yeah, there we are. We've done the shout-outs. We've That's it. We've taken everything. And now what? I think this is the perfect song to uh, segue out of the shout-outs. Uh, this is the kind of thing it's designed for. Uh, thank you very much, James. Talk to you later.
2: the Season is starting something, those with done a thing of a summer long, and fifty voices do greet the dawning with fifty verses of a longer song. See how the season is starting something, those with done. voices to greet the dawning with 50 verses along the song on yon your- On an eve in August, our driftwood fire like a burning... So... Oh. We've done a thing of a summer long And thrifty voices to greet the dawning With
0: fifty verses of a the song Fifty verses, Melrose Quartet, that's the name of that track, that's the name of their album James Fagan, Nancy Kerr, Richard and Jess Arrowsmith, a super group. In the folk world folk stalwarts multi-award winners what's important is just the fact that they produce such amazing music as that what a brilliant album Excellent um hopefully we'll have the Melrose quartet on uh, the podcast later doing some sort of live songs for us perhaps right then uh, it's time for our final clip which comes from soulfest uh, it was a very strange festival it was all took place outdoors uh, so it was an outdoor stage and there was loads of like families with children just kind of milling around it wasn't even a folk festival either it was just it just had like a folk element to it and there were other groups on there we had Maximo Park were playing, um, there was dance acts and hip-hop acts and all sorts of different music and the stages as well were like conflicting with each other, Like you had like three different stages going on at the same time so you could hear the other, the other bands kind of reverberating in the distance and it was quite an odd atmosphere and also people were dressed up as well, everyone nearly was dressed up and knew uh, as just different characters and that kind of thing we had Harry Potter and we had uh, Dennis the Menace and Rapunzel as well Rapunzel was getting uh, a little bit stressed because her daughter kept running uh, to the front of the stage and tried to clamber onto the stage, and she was getting a little bit stressed about that. But as I pointed out to Rapunzel, come on, love, keep your hair on. Um, Oh, so as you can tell, it was an absolutely brilliant gig. And uh, we're going to hear a clip from that gig right now, which will reveal why this week's Youngin's podcast is entitled Hey, Kids, Leave That Teacher Alone. Oh, hang on. Can you hear that, listeners? It's back, it's back. It's an old friend of the podcast. That's the final time you're ever going to hear that, unless there's a similar ice cream van in Manchester, of course. So there you are. Quite an emotional moment, ladies and gentlemen. An old friend of the podcast has made many an appearance, and that's the last time we'll hear from that gate-said ice cream van. Right then, let's get back to Soulfest. Do
1: you know why it's getting even more embarrassing being called the young'uns? Because uh, Michael used to be a teacher and half his classes in the audience. <laughs> Hello! Oh, right. you I past. was going a pair of hooligans, Michael. Oh, what
0: were you brought up? There, <laughs> you, do you? Go on, ask them a question. Yeah. Key saves three question coming up for you now. I'm sorry. to see that they're listening to those citizenship lessons. Yeah, <laughs> exactly.
1: Enjoy your pint. Right. <laughs> <laughs> very much.
2: Use okay. it. it!
1: I was one of his first. Can I, I mean, i am going to get him clapping. <laughs> on, you bastard! <laughs> <laughs> One
0: more! One more! Sorry, on you disappoint disappointed, we've got 20 minutes, sir. Yeah. <laughs> We're doing a very long one. How about Bohemian Rhapsody for you? On yeah. 1 yeah. of the ring cycle. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Alright. i teach you Samari, sir. Everybody's yeah. uh, well, asking me to teach him Samari. Yeah. <laughs> Those days are long gone, my friend, you enjoy your paintings, I yeah. see. <laughs> so there's nothing <laughs> in the Bible about no, sorcery, don't, don't you? <laughs> I'll enjoy it, I'll enjoy it. You got me through my GCSEs. I'm happy with you. I got a C, I'm not me. He just said, you have got me through my GCSEs, I'm happy with you. <laughs> <laughs> I got a C, by the Yeah, only your uh, yeah, oh, uh, C. Yeah, on And Make sure you buy an album. Right,
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you do realise, he you, you would have got a pair rise if it wasn't for you getting a C. <laughs> <laughs> yes, buy a CD, it. you know, right. Use it, use it, use it. One, two, three, oh,
2: use God's <laughs>
0: I didn't know you sung until these told me,
1: like. (laughs) (laughs) It was like a shock.
0: How wrong they were, my friend. I went
1: to Soulfest last year. They told me, usually call the Soulfest. All right, really. Listen, lads, we'll
0: forget about the 400 people that are back there. Let's just talk to these three. Yeah, yeah. 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 Turn your own microphone, mate.
1: Join it, join it! Well after school classes, they're a class. Brilliant, <laughs> right what do you Everybody, thank you very much for listening Thanks. to yeah. us. You're welcome. Yeah, We've I'm been the young and so but we feel considerably older now. 13, mate. And uh, if you'd like to find out more about us, we're all over the internet, we're on Facebook and Twitter and all that stuff. Excuse uh, me on
2: Facebook!
1: <laughs> is is he on Facebook? Oh, uh, the correct real. answer is no. Your uh, duty uh, your yo, yo Twitter. <laughs> It's a great thing, Catholic education, isn't it? Yes, so we've got some CDs available. There are are ten of each, we've got two different ones. Thank
0: you. Yes, at the moment we have only got two CDs available at festivals, but very shortly we shall have three, because we're doing a new album, as we said before, uh, in September, with the aforementioned Andy Bell. And here is a clip, before we leave, uh, pertaining to that uh, young'un's announcement. We've got a new album uh, coming out on February the 10th next year, uh, with some songs even. Today and the album launch is going to be in Durham uh, the old Elvis Methodist Church we booked a Methodist uh, Church for our album launch oh
1: that's going to be brilliant
0: so it's 30 seconds away from three pubs though <laughs> so so, uh, it's, a, it's a fantastic venue, it's going to be a, a fantastic night. So what we've started doing as of last night, uh, we've started taking uh, bookings and reservations. we got quite a few last night. we had a lot of reservations, didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> 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 I mean, it's always well.
2: Um,
1: um, it's a fantastic gig, uh, w- we have done it before, and uh, Dave unwittingly uh, mounted a pulpit. <laughs> well that's a bit <laughs> uh, I
0: think mounted is quite an unfortunate uh, term. Oh, right? yeah, yeah. No, sorry. That right. was never proven in the back. court of law. It's not so uh <laughs> It'll be kind of 10 years on from when we started so there's been lots of, uh, lots of stories and things over the last 10 years. Oh, We're going to get sentimental, are we going to get nostalgic? Oh,
1: you...
0: oh. Right, I think we managed to do that announcement. I think everyone got the salient points there, Michael. Oh, excellent. Excellent. The 22nd of February Saturday, Durham in the church. Obviously, more information on that is available at the Youngins website which is Mike Harding theyoung'uns.co.uk Thank you, Mike. TheYoungins.co.uk for all the information on the album launch and obviously where you can download all the podcasts and that kind of thing we'll be back in uh, a couple of weeks probably once I'm settled in Manchester till then from me David Eagle thank you to James Fagan. and thanks to you for listening till next time goodbye <laughs>
2: Go too far away. Yeah.